Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The passage that we just read today is probably one from the Old Testament prophets that I resonate with the most. And I resonate with it because I believe it to be the heart cry of pastors and missionaries and lay people of the world. In the passage that we just heard read, you hear Habakkuk and frustration and anguish and, and, and overall just upsetness, calling out to God, violence. Why do you let these things go on, God? Everything was supposed to be one way, and it's not. Everything was supposed to be coming after you. People were supposed to be loving you with their hearts, and they're not. Why do you let me see this, Father? And in that, that passage there, I resonate with that. It's actually a passage that was instrumental in bringing me here to the seminary. Before I came here, I was quite happy in my retail and business world. I, I enjoyed it. I could do it well. I, I, if I could blend preaching and a store environment, I would do it. But the thing is, is every day I'd go to the store, I'd merchandise well, I'd solve people's problems, I'd restock shelves, I'd be a buyer, I'd do all that very well. But underneath all of that, there was this tone of unrest. People crying out, violence! And while I may have stocked a shelf well, or mixed somebody's paint well, or helped them figure out a plumbing problem well, I never dealt with the violence that they're crying out with. So that was part of what draw me here to this institution. Maybe that story is similar to yours. And if it is, you're in good company, not just because I'm in that company. But think of it this way. CFW Walther in Saxony, Germany, and on the banks of the Mississippi, he found himself crying out violence to God as he's watching people frustrated and feeling violated that everything was supposed to be one way. And we had, to, we had to ask our leader to go away. Violence, God. What's going on? Why are you letting this happen? And I think of Luther crying out to God, Violence! We have a corrupt church telling people to trust in little pieces of paper to save them. Violence, God! I think of the apostles, Peter and Paul, and all the rest, as they're dealing with a group of people that are supposed to be God's chosen people, and they're trusting in their own works, in their own works of the law to save them. Violence, God. And then I think of just this past summer when I was in Africa, and the people of the DRC and the people of Rwanda suffering under poor, unwise leadership. And the missionary I was there with, we were both just crying out, Violence, God, what's going on here? A year ago, I was in Israel. And there, the people have to take to arms all the time. All their youth take to arms so they can keep the peace. Violence, God. Everything was supposed to be one way, and it's not. And then finally, when my vicarage ended and I went back home to northern Illinois, back home to family and friends, 
The cry of violence was heard again, but this time it was for me. As I came home to family and friends and found them suffering with disease, sickness and death, alcoholism, drug abuse, broken homes, loneliness, depression, despair, and just overall hopelessness. That cry, that heart cry came out again. Violence, God. Why do you let me look on this? Why don't you fix this? Maybe you are driven by one of those passages like Habakkuk, where you resonate with that heart cry, and that brought you to this institution. You heard the cry. You heard the cry come from your own mouth and from others, and you couldn't turn your back. If you heard the cry, you have really one of two responses. You can either hear the cry and ignore it. And you can do so for a number of reasons. You may be overwhelmed with just the size of the problem. I don't know how to deal with it all. You may be giving in to the weaknesses that you have and are un- in your untamed, or you've, un- you've left them untamed, and so Satan can run wild with your life. Maybe you've fallen for the lie that yet while you hear the cry for help, you've convinced yourself that they're crying out for somebody else to help them. The problem still remains. You still hear the cries, and the longer you sit idly by, the more callous and heart and hard our hearts become to the call. Another option is that you hear the call and you respond. Seeing the need, you desperately look to how you can disseminate the cure. But while you're learning here at this institution, figuring out just how that is that you can best reach a people crying out in agony, Satan still attacks, doesn't he? How many of you have noticed that that passion, that flame of passion that you walked onto this campus with, maybe it was just this last summer or a few years ago, you're constantly battling to keep that aflame. It seems at times that it's dwindling out. How many of you at times will look down at your floor at the garbage can in your room or in your apartment? and realize there are way too many empty beer cans or beer beer bottles in there. How many of you have often looked at your DVD collection and your video collection and your video game collection and noticed that library has grown larger than my theological one? How many of you have noticed that when you look at your calendars that 85% of the time you spend towards your studies is the time that you're just sitting in class? How many of you have noticed that you find that you can be taught less things by the people here on campus because you know too much now? The temptations and the battles are great here on this campus, just like they are anywhere in the world. Before you realize it, you may no longer even be hearing that call of violence because what's happened is you've become one of the voices calling out you've become one of those so violated, so crushed. 
Yes, all of creation is crying out in pain and distress. And yes, we at the seminary here are not immune. But let me offer to you the response that God gave to Habakkuk. As Habakkuk is calling out in frustration and pain, why is this happening, God? Violence. God replied, The righteous shall live by faith. In some ways, that seems like a strange response. What does that mean? Faith in what? If we turn to the end of Habakkuk's book, we find that his perspective changed. Where in the beginning, he was frustrated and annoyed with God. By the end of the book, he's now trusting in God. He's saying, I will trust in the God of my salvation. He is my strength. What needs to happen to when we have the heart cry of violence is we need to listen to the rallying cry that God gives to his church. The righteous shall live by faith. It's the same rally cry that God has given throughout history. He gave it to Peter when he was preaching to the people in Israel. He gave it to Paul as he preached to the Gentiles. He gave it to Luther who was preaching to the people lied to by a corrupt church. He gave it to Walther on the banks of the Mississippi to a distraught people concerned that they had no leader. The righteous shall live by faith is the rally cry of the church. And in our midst of our outcrying of violence, God, we take our stand in these words. The righteous shall live by faith. Faith and trusting in the promises of God. Not trusting in little pieces of paper for salvation. Not trusting in leadership for salvation. And not trusting in our own works for salvation. The righteous shall live by faith. One of the things that dawned on me, and this was one of those sermons that every time I practiced it and rewrote it, it came out an entirely different way. And one of the things that dawned on me strongly last night was look at the one time this world since the fall has had something completely pure, completely beautiful, completely unmarred, Christ in the flesh amongst us. Perfect. What happens to him? Pretend you're a disciple now, looking up at the cross, seeing that perfect, wholesome, beautiful thing completely violated in every sense of the word. The absolute most beautiful thing in this world, completely violated. And the disciples looking up saying, God, why do you let me look on this? How can you let this happen? Violence, God. Fix this. God's response. The righteous shall live by faith. Trust in my promises. And through that violation, that violated body of Christ, great things were done by the hand of God. Never has the world seen such great things. How would he deal any differently with us? Yes, we're violated. We live in a violent time and in a violent world. There's violations happening all around us. But God says, trust in my promises. I can do great things through the violated.
trust. These are that rallying cry of the church. The righteous shall live by faith, trusting in his promises. Amen.